Welcome to the About Sex Podcast. I'm Josh, and with me as always is Angela Skirtu. Who are you, Angela? I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and an ASEC certified sex therapist. And today our guest is Richard, and he is a man who, he's a heterosexual man who suffers from advanced ED due to diabetic neuropathy. Hi, Richard. Hi. Thank you for joining us. Uh, Glad to be here. (laughs) Cool. Thanks for being here. Well, so why don't you tell us a little bit about um, how things progressed in, in terms of the diabetic neuropathy? Well, I was diagnosed with diabetes back in 2001. Mm -hmm. Uh, Actually, it was uh, it was on a famous day. I was diagnosed with diabetes on September 11th, 2001. Oh, interesting. I I didn't pay any attention to what was going on in the rest of the world because I was in the hospital almost dying. Oh no! Uh, But uh, I never worried about the diabetes because, well, I at the time when I was diagnosed, I was out of control, and I was 300 pounds, so mm-hmm. I, uh, and the doctors told me I was going to be an invalid for the rest of my life, so I closed down my law practice and uh, hit the gym, lost 100 pounds, and by December... That's a lot of work. That is a lot. Of, you, how long did it take you to do that? It took me from September to December, and on my Wait, in the same year? In the, three, in the same year. Three months? That's yeah. a lot of That's a lot of weight to lose in three months. How yeah. in the world did you do uh, that? I was in the gym four hours a day. Wow. Uh, wow. Running, uh, bicycling. On on my birthday uh, in December, I my wife and I hiked the Grand Canyon. Awesome. Mm-hmm. So, cool. uh, uh, and, and I, was, I, I was not on insulin. I was not on any medication. So I... I always had my, I've always had my diabetes under control, mm-hmm. but uh, after a while, I noticed that even even though my blood sugars were okay and everything was under okay, I uh, noticed tingling in my feet, and uh, it didn't bother me so much until uh, uh, until in. Oh, I'm gonna pause. Fun, fun. Anyway, in 2005, I got divorced, hmm. and uh, and then I I had no I had no problems with neuropathy really up through my di- divorce, and I didn't have ED. Okay, I, I was just fine, mm-hmm. and the it was a it was a very hard divorce, and I didn't uh i wasn't sexually active from my divorce until i got married again in 2008 mm-hmm. and uh uh to my surprise and to my wife's surprise on our wedding night nothing happened yeah okay. that was your was, first time having any ED? that was my first time having an ed experience oh. and the it got progressive. It w- that was it, that was the first time I experienced it. But in 2011, I uh, was at that time I was training for a marathon, and I stepped on a piece of glass. Mm. Oh no! And it went into my big toe, and I ended up getting. Uh, it, it turned. Uh, I went to the emergency room. And they sent me home. They came back the next day. It was gangrenous. Oh, so wow. I had uh, 
so I had surgery on my toe, and when I, as I was recovering, I had the feeling of uh, my legs and feet felt as, felt as though I had stockings on all the time. Yeah. Uh, and I went to a neurologist about it, and he called it stocking and glove aphasia. And uh, or it just feels kind of constricted. Constricted. Okay. Yeah. Huh. But I was still very mobile. But over time, it uh, it moved up my legs, uh, and uh, finally it moved up past my waist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And when it moved up past my waist, I was uh, totally, totally, completely ED. So it was kind of back and forth before then. Yeah. But then this time you couldn't do anything. But then I couldn't do anything. And from the waist down, and I began to stumble. Uh, I lost my balance. And uh, anyway, last, let's see, last spring, my wife told me she was leaving me. And it wasn't all about the sex, but that was a big part of it. Yeah. And I had uh, felt really, really, yeah, I guess, re- really inadequate about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How were you guys handling the sex stuff like uh, when you had ED? Well, uh, the I became very, very, I studied, I read, I became pretty adept at using toys, Mm -hmm. at using my tongue, using my lips, using my fingers. Uh, I was generally able to bring her to orgasm. That's good. Uh, But I was unable to get an erection. I was unable to come to orgasm myself. Mm -hmm. Did you try any treatment methods for it at all? I tried... uh, I tried uh, uh, Viagra. I tried Cialis. I tried... Uh, what's the other one? Uh, well, anyway, I those tri- are the two main. Those are the two ones I, I tried. Tri- they tri- didn't work at all. They didn't work at well. They worked a little bit, but not really. Not enough to waste your time. Not enough it. to wa- Not not enough to spend that much money on. Oh, is it? Yeah, expensive? they're pretty expensive. They're pretty expensive. Does your insurance cover it at all? No. Uh uh-uh. uh. And there are something like four or five bucks a pill, something yeah. like that. They're pretty expensive. That's insane that insurance doesn't cover it all. But yeah. And anyway, uh, but she left me and I was really pretty much depressed. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I, first I went to a counselor, Mm -hmm. a regular counselor. And uh, for a while I went to see Angela. Angela. At the... I know her. (laughs) Yeah. At the recommendation of my neurologist, uh, not neurologist, uh, I lose words sometimes. Uh, uh, doctor. Urologist? Urologist. 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 Similar, that's Similar. why, because they were so it, close. It, <laughs> it was my urologist. and uh, But I, I attended... Uh, I attended a session that she ran on ED. And it was uh, about 
It was mostly about penile implants, because mm-hmm. I guess she is very big into penile implants. You're a neurologist? The neurologist. Okay. Or urology. Urology. urologist. See, I'm urology. even getting it wrong. Now yeah. It's one letter them. difference. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and but there was this couple, and the the I think I came away with not the message that they were trying to give me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because the wife was saying, well, you know, his... His uh, impotence was perfectly okay with her because he could always get the job done, but it was his self-esteem that was a problem. Yeah. Mm. And I thought about that, and I thought about the fact that with the nerve damage and the, and the numbness, getting a, getting a penile implant for me would be kind of pointless. Yeah. Because you it, can't feel anything anyway. Because I can't feel anything anyway. So I could <laughs> I could pump it up and I could be uh, I could be a living dildo for my yeah. partner. But, <laughs> but you wouldn't be able to enjoy it at all. That. I wouldn't be able to enjoy it at all. And why? Yeah. You know, uh, the and so I uh, I thought living about it. Dildo. <laughs> I thought about it a lot, and I'm I'm pretty religious. I prayed about it a lot, mm-hmm. and I attended a lot of. Uh, a lot of I read books, and Angela recommended some books that I read, mm-hmm. and I attended some seminars run by Sex Positive St. Louis. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I thought about it, I came to the conclusion that uh, I have the body that I have. Yeah, I have the limitations that I have. Be not being able to get an erection does not reduce the fact that I am a male, heterosexual, sexual human being. Mm -hmm. I still find women attractive. Mm -hmm. I still, uh, and while having sex would not be the same thing, uh, obviously, as having regular penetrative sex, or at least on my part, penetrative sex, Mm -hmm. but the what's important to what was important to me always has been important to me in sex is intimacy and not you know the orgasm was never really a big the the big part of it 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 is the closeness the intimacy and i discovered that uh i discovered more and more that there are an awful lot of women who are far more interested in intimacy and closeness and cuddling and somebody being there for them physically mm-hmm. and emotionally yeah and not just the you know, uh, not just the uh, physical performance mm-hmm. well quite a few women will say he only wants sex that's all he ever wants so yeah they complain about it I could see yeah. quite a few women finding it a little bit refreshing <laughs> yeah women like cuddles and it doesn't touch. mean that we don't like sex we do but like Probably not to the same degree that some men do, depending on the person. <laughs> yeah. and, and I don't think that my self-esteem or my self-worth should be measured by the functionality of my penis. I just right. yeah, don't. I agree with that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so, I'm sorry, I stopped coming to therapy. Oh, it's okay. No. Uh, <laughs> You but, get what you need uh, out of it. You but get got, what you need. I got, You're I apologizing to I, I got what I needed. It with, <laughs> you got what you and needed. I am, That's all you need. I am perfectly 
I am perfectly at peace with my own sexuality now. That's awesome. Uh, I am. I hope that one day to meet uh, meet somebody who will be uh, who will be a partner for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am. I I tend to be pretty monogamous in my sexuality, mm-hmm. so uh, I am hoping to find a partner who. Uh, but I feel that. Uh, I have to be open and upfront about who I am and what my limitations are because what I don't want to do is get into a relationship with somebody and ever say, well, you deceived me. You led me on. Right. You, know, you, know. you want to be honest and upfront about what you're bringing to the table. And so I've got to, you know, it's a conversation that I have to have early on in every relationship. Mm-hmm. And, How do women respond to that? Uh, so far... Uh, when I have, uh, when I, when I have been open and honest about it, every woman that I've ever talked to about it has said, that's no big deal. So what? They don't care. They don't care. Yeah. Uh, the, uh, I think that would be a man's biggest fear, right? Like, how am I going to tell a woman this and how will she respond? It's so interesting that most women are like, okay, (laughs) thanks for letting me know. I, I, I think that there are there are there's a subset of women like my wife who I, we're not divorced yet so I guess she is yeah. still my wife. There's a subset of women who like my who who believe that uh, uh, that penile sex is all there is. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what they like. That's what they like, yep. and. and uh, that's fine, you know, but uh, so, you know, I guess we, that means we were not meant to be right. partners. Yep. But the, uh, I think that I have, what I have done, I have done a lot of studying. Um, I think that in trying to deal with my own limitations, I have probably learned more about the... A woman's body, and the and and a woman's sexuality, and and how to deal with a woman's sexuality. The most men ever bother to learn in their lifetimes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and yeah. Most don't read about sex, women. Yeah, and, and, and <laughs> we just go at it. Yeah, yeah we just go at it. <laughs> yep. and uh, we're like pawing at them. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's why we, we keep saying, "Why do you only want sex?" Yeah, because <laughs> there's there's more complexity to a female sexuality. It's not yeah. that we don't want to have sex, but we want to be loved. We want to be treated like people. You want to <laughs> be treated like a person. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. Yeah. You have so many needs. Oh, I know. <laughs> Ridiculous, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You're so, silly. So you've learned a lot. I've learned a lot, <laughs> and uh, I am. A senior citizen. I'm 66 years old, so mm-hmm. I don't know that I will ever really find the partner I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing that I have to be uh, cognizant of: the, the possibility that I will spend my life alone. Mm-hmm. But I'm okay with that too. Uh, yeah. You can find I, a way to be happy with that. I too. can find a way to be happy because what I have to be is happy with myself. Because if I can't be happy with myself, I can't make somebody else happy either. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. If you're hating on yourself or just miserable, that is yeah. the least attractive thing to a partner. 
Well, yeah. it's hard because I think a lot of people try to date when they're in that really bad space. and They're reaching out for other people, yeah. Yeah, but, and, and people don't fix depression. You no. know, Not that I'm saying, well, it's hard because actually being around people in social settings right. can be helpful. But it can. What I mean is, you, you know, like you're saying, you have to be happy within yourself mm-hmm. in order to be happy in a relationship. I mean, when I found my wife was when I finally said, that's it. I'm just going to be happy with what I am. And accept myself for that. And then all of a sudden I'm married. I'm like, okay, well, that worked out. We were both kind of in that space. Well, one of the things that I, well, I've always known it about myself, but I've, it's been my deep, dark secret all my life. And given my professions, uh, people don't believe it, but I, my deepest, darkest secret has always been that I am painfully, painfully shy. Mm. Yeah. And I am especially scared to death of women. I'm scared to death to talk to women, to approach women. Uh, you and about 90% of the guys out there. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> A lot of men do struggle yeah. with that. It, it is rough. Well, I, I know the only way, my first two marriages, the only way I ended up getting married in the first place was that the... I was in a position. It, it was I was a rescuer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I found you were their savior. Sometimes. I was their savior, rescued them. Uh, but when they were both of them, when they were uh, beyond needing to be rescued, uh, then they didn't need their rescuer anymore. I see. And uh, uh, and and in fact. Uh, began to resent the reminder that they had needed rescuing in the first place. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, you know, the, uh, the, my third wife, I didn't rescue. I met her online. <laughs> that, that was, uh, that was odd. But, <laughs> why was it odd? Uh, well, the, um, I was, uh, on, a, a dating site online, and I was really getting tired of the people that they were matching me up with. It was just, you know, they were boring. Yeah, and <laughs> a lot of those out there. The, but it I w- may just be that there are boring people sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> there are boring people out there. Yeah. But I, I, I was signing on to, uh, I, I, I was actually signing on to the website site when uh, I. Uh, to cancel my membership mm. when uh, somebody winked at me on the site. I looked, and uh, uh, I exchanged, like, two emails, and I said, can I call you? Because she lived only, like, 20 miles away from me. I said, let's, let's talk on the phone. So we both got off the website, talked on the phone, I said, and after the second phone call, I said, "Why, uh, why waste time? You know, you know, phone calling, and why don't we just meet? Uh, I'll take you to lunch. It, we'll, meet, we'll meet and see if we hit it off." And mm-hmm. we did. Hmm. And uh, it might have been rushing it. We were married three months later. Oh, that's <laughs> that fast. is quick. So uh, that was quick. It feel like just that much of a connection. I mean, sometimes yeah. you feel close to somebody. Yeah, quick. It, it felt like that much of a connection. 
mm-hmm. but the again the uh, uh, and this was this after the ED had already. The, well, I didn't know about the ED. This is when this is the third. This wife. was the third this wife. Is the one, when the I, wedding night. The wedding night. I see. And <clears throat> the I think the experience of the wedding night. The put up a. We were married for ten years, but the experience of the wedding night, I think, put up a, a barrier mm-hmm. that the was ne- we were ne- we were never able to really overcome, mm-hmm. and also the my basic shyness kicked in, and. This is my fault. It, 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 it is my fault that I was never... I am very difficult for anybody to get to know. I don't make it easy to get to know me. And the fact that I am... I tend to be so open and outgoing hides the fact that I am <laughs> really hard to get to know. That's interesting. Because like open and outgoing in like a like public situation. In a, in a public situation. But then yes. in real life, day to day, then it's hard to open up. Right. I can, I can talk to a group of people about anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have, uh, I'm an attorney with multiple master's degrees. Yeah, so you're good in the public space. In the public, public space, I, I can teach. I, I, w- I was an actor. I uh, acting probably helps a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's and great with shyness. You just act through it, like yeah, on the inside. Take on a role. Yeah. yeah, and as you've probably and as you've commented on, I have this voice. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, you have uh, a very projecting voice. Well, I remember one time in law school, I was competing in a uh, moot court competition, mm-hmm. and I was really excited because we had three real appellate court judges judging our moot court competition interesting hmm. and afterwards when they were commenting on us uh, one of the justices looked at me and said you will go far with that voice though that beautiful voice you'll go very far in the law <laughs> and i said to myself i think i am having the same feeling that a that a very intelligent woman might get when somebody says, you know, ignores what she says and says, "You have a great body." Yeah, yes. with, with looks like you'll that, go well, you'll go with, well. That, with that uh, ass or something. I wanted <laughs> to, I wanted to know what my argu- how my arguments yeah. were. What you know, you want to be sense. appreciated for your right. mind, yes. not your for body. My, yes. it's like, I'm more sound. than just a voice. I'm a person. Yes. Well, but it's funny because I mean, it, I, I could see that because you have speak. To deal with that. Well, yeah. not I wasn't even talking about the women thing, yeah. but I could see that in the law thing. You know, like I mean, a lot of it is your speaking and it's in your performance. Yeah. So. Yeah. Even if you said nothing intelligible, if you had a good impor- performance, you might still draw people along. <laughs> yeah, well, he seems like he has something to say. No, some, he does. Some people have a I'm strong, not saying that. Some people have a strong voice, and then there's just nothing going on up there. Well, That's true. <laughs> I, I've been a trial lawyer, a litigator for 25 years. Huh? And I, in the courtroom, I have won 85% of the trials that I have done. That's pretty good. So yeah. I must have something besides just a voice. <laughs> yeah. We would hope so. Yeah. <laughs> Other, otherwise, our justice system is really screwed up. Oh. Well, that's, well, that's, that's it true. Well, it should be, it to is, be fair. But, <laughs> well, yeah. Uh, 
But that is a whole nother a whole podcast, other and we don't yeah. have time for that. <laughs> so we were uh, talking about uh, Ed and. And you're being shy, shy in public. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So well, I'm shy in private. In private. I'm That's shy one on one. So one on one, it's harder for you to yeah. talk. So know? see, I'm the opposite. Like uh, in a small environment like this, like mm-hmm. there's just the three of us. I'm great. Give me in front of like, you know, a group of like 30 people. Nope. For me, it depends on the rules. If I know the rules of the situation, then I can follow the rules and do well. But or if, if I don't you're on know, stage. Well, that's the stage has rules. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I don't know if you you said you mentioned you did acting. There's yes. some rules, so yeah. you can't break the fourth wall. Um, you know, like always look in if you can look in people's eyes, sure. smile a lot, and you can show your vulnerability. That's actually a good strategy. Um, so I know certain rules, and if I know the rules, then I can do well. But if I don't, then I am scared as anything, <laughs> and I'm like, like I'm not sure mouse. where to put my hands. Well, it. it... <laughs> I guess where I'm most afraid is in one-on-one situations with women, dating situations. Like intimate situations. Yeah, there it, aren't easy rules there, there are there? Aren't, there aren't easy rules. <laughs> Actually, there are. I, I, Josh has some rules. <laughs> there are. Well, <laughs> like a lot of them I learned from her. That's well, true. <laughs> I, I, I find if when I look back, you know, now at my age I look back and think about my dating history over my life and uh, uh, I had in order to get to to hide my shyness when I would when I meet a woman I have certain scripts mm-hmm. that I follow mm-hmm. I have certain stories certain things that I know uh, in the past have charmed women, mm-hmm. so I will say and do the things that I know have worked in the past. Sure. But the... Uh, and they do work. Yeah. They do work. They like the same jokes, the same, they, like, stories. Yeah, yeah. and... Yeah. They like it when you compliment them. They yeah. like it when, like, I compliment them. They like it... They like it when you ask about, about them. them. Like, what do you think? There are some rules to the yeah. dating yeah. situation. Yeah, I, I and, learned that early on, is, like, women love it when you ask questions about them. And I find I find it that I, I've always found that women in my life have always it's always worked when I sing to them. Oh, uh, really? Yes. <laughs> so that's a rule. It's sing more, them a song. It's more. It's more of that voice right yes, there. It's more yeah. of the voice. Yeah. But well, I, but I, it's also a very vulnerable thing yes. to sing for somebody. <laughs> and uh, and and I uh, and, and I write songs for them, so I make up songs about them. And oh uh, yeah, women love a romantic. Well, and, to, in yeah. order to do that, you'd have to develop some understanding about them as a person. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's um, I'm very intuitive about reading other people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the you can't be a successful trial lawyer without being able to read people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, actually, I think I've probably said enough about myself that yeah. anybody who knows me will recognize who I am. <laughs> That's fine. We don't have to talk about trial <laughs> lawyer. We don't have to. I was thinking, you know, I'd probably be a really good trial lawyer because I can really read people. <laughs> oh. And you're loud. And I'm loud. Yeah. And I got a very booming but, voice. <laughs> uh, but you also have to be able to turn empathy on and off. Mm-hmm. Because you, uh, if you are dealing with a hostile witness, you can't, you can't feel sorry for them, even even if they're, yeah. You 
Mm. Even if they're a very sympathetic person, if they're on the opposition, if they're on the opposite it's not side. Your job to yeah. Now that would be where I would fail then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, you're too empathetic. Um, you're I too, care too oh, much. Oh, you're too good of a person, yeah. Angela. <laughs> uh. So, so you have issues with with being comfortable with one-on-one intimate situations. Yes. So, how did uh, the ED affect that? Did it change that uh, worse? Well, uh, yeah, it <laughs> made it made it. At first, it made it for the worst because it was um, uh, you know what I guess the thought that ran through my mind at first was, what do I have to offer a woman other than bullshit? Yeah, 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 I can yeah. I can bullshit with the best of them, but you know mm-hmm. I can. Uh, I can say I can say things. You know what? What is there about me? So I realize that if I am ever going to have, uh, uh, if I'm ever going to have an intimate relationship again, uh, I have to put me out there and not the role that I always project. Mm-hmm. So you feel like a lot of times you're kind of projecting a character. I am always projecting a character. Yeah. Have you gotten better about being more vulnerable and taking uh, off that character? Uh, I have. I have been making one of the reasons I agreed to do this podcast mm-hmm. is because uh, I have been making it a point to. I, I find that when I am able to verbalize. To other people, uh, things that I have always been ashamed of or hidden inside. If I'm, if, when I'm able to be brutally honest, be brutally honest yeah. about mm-hmm. myself, about my shortcomings, about uh, it is. Um, there is. I don't know whether you uh, familiar with an old science fiction book called Dune. Yeah, yeah, I loved it. Yeah, well, Great there book. is, there is, there's a line that is repeated uh, <clears throat> over and over in Dune that says, "Fear is a mind killer. Mm-hmm. You face your fear, you let it pass over you, through you, mm-hmm. and then when it's passed, you look at where it's gone, and it, and, and there's nothing. Mm-hmm. And I find that when I unless fa- there's a tiger there, behind unless there's there. a tiger. <laughs> <laughs> There are some exceptions. <laughs> some but, exceptions to the rule, but who's feeling most facing fear. a tire every day? Yeah. But the, <laughs> Sorry. Um, Sorry. The, Go on. the internal emotional fears that I have, I find that when I express them, mm-hmm. when I acknowledge them and admit them, mm-hmm. and say, not only do I look and I'm no longer afraid of them, it's that people don't look at me like I have two heads. Uh, is that what you would you worried about before? Oh yeah, I, I, I worried. I always worried about looking silly, looking ridiculous. You didn't want to seem yeah. weird or awkward yeah. to them, yeah? Because you seem like a pretty normal guy to me. Oh, <laughs> you don't know me. Very well. <laughs> no, I don't. Uh, no, but what no. you're talking about makes sense because yeah. a lot of how people really connect is in some of those things that they're ashamed of about yeah. themselves, mm-hmm. is being able to really put themselves out there and feel loved and connected mm-hmm. to others. Like 
that's with my infidelity stuff. You know, I wrote my book this last year on infidelity. And one of the biggest connecting things for couples after they come back from an infidelity is their ability to share the things they're scared the most about Mm -hmm. to each other. And what's crazy or wild to me is that by doing that, they have a much deeper intimacy and they get more sexy with each other as a result because there's uh, nothing sexier than honest vulnerability. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, now, infidelity is something I've never had to cope with. That's well, good. that's good. It's a uh, tough one. Yeah. Well, it, 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 it's, it's, it's an ironic thing because my last wife, uh, one of the things that I found most attractive about her when we were, is we, we talked about uh, before we got married, we talked about our beliefs and our religious faith. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, because after two failed marriages, I had you know terrible fear of abandonment mm-hmm. because in both cases, they left me. Yeah. Uh, and both both yeah. of my both of my first two wives were unfaithful and left me. And I was terribly afraid of abandonment and but uh in our our religion uh uh my third wife told me before we got married that well there's only one legitimate grounds for divorce according to the bible Mm -hmm. and that is infidelity Mm. i said well you know she doesn't have to worry about i will never be unfaithful Mm. well it turned out that when she decided she wanted to leave me, uh, I guess her one <laughs> grounds for divorce ceased to be the only legitimate reason for yeah. divorce. <laughs> People will set really high standards all over the place, but reality um, kicks in. Reality yeah. is marriage is tough, too. I mean, it's a, it's very complicated for anybody involved. Even we've had our ups and downs, but we've always had what? to work through them. What? Mm-hmm. What? We don't have a perfect marriage. We have a perfect marriage. <laughs> totally. Never no, heard. I mean, does anybody have a perfect? <laughs> no, no, not at all. No, not yeah. at all. No. <laughs> this from your marriage therapist. <laughs> yeah. No, it's yeah. hard as no, hell. No, no marriage is perfect by <laughs> definition. And actually, sometimes for therapists, we, you know, because people kind of hold you to a higher standard, you almost hold yourself to a higher standard, and so you're like, oh, what do I do when we're struggling? And it's like, just be a human yeah. and work on it, like mm-hmm. everybody else. But and I think <laughs> because she's a therapist, because she knows all this stuff about infidelity, and she yeah. teaches about it, people Teach. think, oh, she has a perfect marriage. No, couldn't be further from the truth. No, and that doesn't mean we hate each other, by the way. It just oh means no, we work at it. No, consciously. I, I, I love her so much. <laughs> I love much. you to death. But but we've doesn't had mean our we've times. not still had our bad months or bad years. And we've been to marriage counseling. It it saved our marriage, honestly. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and that's the point. So well, I mean, it sounds like in your relationship, you guys work through some things, and sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. But it doesn't make anybody. Yeah. I don't know. Well, <laughs> well I, I know the uh, my my last wife and I did go to marriage counseling mm-hmm. for yeah. a, a long time and but it was it always turned into a uh, what's wrong with him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So have you gotten better at being more vulnerable than you think? Uh, putting yourself out there? I think I have. I socialize a lot more now, but it's... Uh, putting yourself out there, though. I, yeah. I'm putting myself out there, and uh, uh, but I am, uh, I am trying to learn and uh, explore all of the different, as many different avenues of sexuality as I can. 
because as you could probably tell from my educational background, I'm not, I don't, I don't trust experts usually. And so when, when something, you don't trust any experts. So when, when something becomes a problem, Mm-hmm. Uh, I usually go back to school and get a master's degree in it. So <laughs> yeah. I become He's an just expert. too smart. Yeah. <laughs> That's the problem. Yeah. So, <laughs> He's so, like, because you probably learn a, a topic better than even some experts do, yeah. I so, can imagine. I so, so it's I, true, though, really. Really, some experts, they're in their field so long, and they don't really study a lot of the newer stuff. So, Well, when I was diagnosed not. with diabetes... I've met some... <laughs> Sorry, when Sorry. I was diagnosed with diabetes, I went back to school, and you know they told me all sorts of things about what I could and couldn't do and what would happen to me. I went back to school and spent a year studying anatomy and physiology to, to find out exactly what was going on in my body, mm-hmm. yeah. and studied nutrition and studied, you know, uh, because, you know... Sounds like you're a lifelong learner. I'm a lifelong <laughs> yeah. learner. That's awesome. It's uh, a good thing. And... Uh, uh, now you know, you know. Who knows? Maybe I'll, I'll end up being a sex therapist. <laughs> who knows? <laughs> you may. Well, and but. I want to put it out there: an expert is somebody who keeps researching, yes. keeps learning, keeps mm-hmm. learning from their failures. Yeah. I I agree that because there's, there's always new ways know, of looking at things. I think sometimes if research. an expert stops doing that, that's what makes them lose that status. For me, is yeah. you know, like you just need to know as much as you can about your field constantly because mm-hmm. things are changing, and that's kind of the nature of research that it's always well, growing and some expanding. People, some people get the mindset of I know something now and i can never change my way of thinking and that's and not like, a very that's good. not being an expert no. and that might be make you lifelong expert just yeah. in well, life because <laughs> you're always wanting to learn new things yeah. one of the things i found from uh socializing and investigating all sorts of different people's approach to sexuality i uh i have met I, i've become friends with gay people and transsexuals and mm-hmm. the uh and you never did before in your life. Well, I did, but uh, not, not in the sense of putting myself out there and letting them know me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It was uh, like deeper friendship. Deeper friendship. I see. And uh, the, um, I guess, I have really, really come to adopt the attitude of you know, Pope Francis about alternative sexuality when asked about gay people he said who am i to judge yeah mm-hmm. and so uh pope uh, frank yeah pope frank <laughs> he's a good guy he's one that a so, lot of people like so, yeah. so so everybody there are probably as many different definitions of sexuality as there are people who are sexual mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh yeah i guess my i i i, I do I do sometimes judge, though. I, I have to admit. Sure, I, I everybody was, does. Well, I was in a, I was in a discussion group last. Uh, the just it was last night. I was in. I was talking with some people, mm-hmm. and there was this guy there who was complaining about women, mm-hmm. and he was saying that. Uh, well, when he goes to he goes to a singles bar <clears> and <throat> the. None of the women will ever respond to him. They're just all 
and he thinks they're all lesbians there to make fun what? of him. Whoa. No, no. It <laughs> might be the, the aura may, you're putting out yeah, that and, makes and, people and not want to talk Maybe a little you. bit of that aggression there, dude. And, and I, 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 you're calling I, women lesbians, and you're wondering why they're not getting into you. Well, my, my, wow. my comment to him was, if you're, if you're in a singles bar where that's noted for a place to hook up with people, and you're not having any success then it might just be, it's not a statement about the women, it might be a statement about you. Yep. Yeah. And it might, might be, be a you that, problem. <laughs> it might be that they're just not into you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and I think you're kind of putting out a good point, though, that like nobody is perfectly non-judgmental. Mm-hmm. We can try mm-hmm. to be curious and understanding, but you're still going to have your own opinions. I'm a, I mean, while I keep learning and growing, I still have opinions about what I think is okay or not okay for myself. But that's the difference, you know, mm-hmm. is that like, you know, one thing I guess I've always had challenges, you know, like, can people just have their opinions, but also let other people have opinions and there be this kind of respect for those differences, not this sense of, okay, well, I believe this, so now you need to believe this. Well, and so that to me is more of that kind of acceptance is allowing people to have differences around you and still being comfortable in your own sense of self. Well, you know? I, I, I guess there, the, the, I guess we're way off the topic. I know. I totally went somewhere else. I know. We're we're still talking about relationships and sex. (laughs) And And vulnerability. Yeah, that's okay. (laughs) But I guess the one... It's an interesting topic. The one degree that I will not not give up being judgmental Mm. is that uh, in all the years I was a defense attorney, I would not defend people who were child molesters. No. I can understand that. I don't think that's being judgmental, though. And and I I am very judgmental about rapists. Yeah, I I do. You know, Uh, we agree. We think that's an okay. I don't think that's being judgmental. That's more (laughs) like Uh, that's protecting kids and people uh, from being raped. I think. Well, I I uh, I once uh, I was court ordered once many many years ago to represent a man who was. who was charged with molesting his stepdaughter, mm-hmm. and it was not my choice. And I, you know, if, if but uh, I had to represent him, mm-hmm. and he insisted that he wanted to go before the court and request visitation with his son. He had a small son, mm-hmm. and I said. They're not going to give you visitation with your son. It is a waste of time. But he insisted because his argument was, "I'm perfectly safe around my son. I only molest. I'm I'm not gay. I only molest little girls." Oh God, oh, that yeah. is rough. Well, yeah, you can judge him all you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm well, okay with that. The 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 court ruled the way I thought they would rule. Yeah. You're not getting around your yeah. little boy either. And they're right. They're there to protect yeah, the children. He... Yeah, yeah. It's not about him. Yeah, but. Yeah. Anyway, okay. enough about child molesters. <laughs> We're gonna have to go off that topic, yeah. but it is important. <laughs> yeah. So, I, but there, there are some. Well, I, I have had people argue that. You know, I mean, there are people who argue that this is a, this is just a, a sexual preference, just like any other. But you know, whenever a sexual preference involves imposing your will no. on somebody else against their will. Right. Or who is defenseless? Then mm-hmm. yeah, 
There, well, there I. It's all about consent. It's all about adults consent. and no coercion, no force, no exploitation. That's mm. it. No. Other than that, it's not a preference. No, yeah. it's a problem. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'd agree so, with that too. Yeah, I don't think you'll get many people arguing with you on that one. Oh, well, I, 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 I try to be. I try to be agreeable about. I don't. I wouldn't be agreeable about that ever. Uh, well, <laughs> when no. it comes to that topic, yeah. Uh, no, I, <laughs> well, uh, mo- most people I get along with, and most people I uh, don't pass judgment on. Sure, that's good. Uh, I and I, I'm learning some fascinating things. Yeah. What are you learning about sex lately? <laughs> uh, well, I had somebody teach me how to do uh, dry and wet cupping. What is cupping? What's cupping? Uh, <laughs> I always learn something new. On uh, the show. Well, <laughs> it it is well. Dry cupping is where you take they take a glass jar. Oh, I know. What and you're... heat it and put it on a person's back, and it sucks the. It creates a, a vacuum. Like it sucks vacuum. it in there. Yeah. Huh. And the yeah. uh, I'm not sure, but and, and wet cupping is when they. S- uh, do a uh, take a blade and slice before they put the cup on, so blood comes. Oh in. no! Why would they want? Well, I guess people like pain stuff. Yeah. I mean, yeah. some people are just in sex and okay. pain. Okay. Okay. So yeah, I, I <laughs> that threw me off. I, like, no, I, no cutting. I, I saw I saw it done. I would not want to do it. I sure. wouldn't want it done to me. Mm-hmm. But it maybe was, the drive. But good lord. But but <laughs> but it was consensual, yeah, and sure. uh, mm-hmm. both people seemed to enjoy it. They liked it. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that is an interesting. Uh, interesting. So, and, and I and I, so you know, just going to different venues, I've you mm-hmm. know gotten to witness different things and talk to people about their mm-hmm. uh, about their relationships, and mm-hmm. the, I'm just learning. You know, it, it's um, they say you can't teach an old dog new tricks, but I'm old, and <laughs> I am. I'm learning, learning some a lot new tricks. tricks. I'm <laughs> learning a lot of new tricks, and especially, I, I have to say that I am especially uh, inter- I have made friends with several lesbians, mm-hmm. and the reason, and I, I've been very, I've been very open about my self-interest in making friends with lesbians, uh, and that is, and I talk to them about their sexuality because. Uh, lesbians are people who have, uh, who, who seem to have uh, wonderful, fulfilling, intimate sex lives mm-hmm. without the use of an erect penis. Yeah, yeah. They seem so, to be. You probably could learn a lot yeah. from a so, few lesbians. So I can. You? So I am learning a lot from a few lesbians. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, and I wanted to, you know, mention maybe just the dry cupping in terms of like neuropathy and nerve pain, um, and. Pain, a lot of time what I've noticed when I have clients who experience some level of pain or chronic pain is that the introduction of a consensual pain during sexuality can actually be a very pleasurable thing. And I, I believe part of this is that when you're having chronic pain, your body and those nerve endings are firing this one painful way again and again and again. And so when you start to introduce new forms of pain or sensation, those pathways are used. Those pathways are used in a different way. Mm -hmm. And so suddenly something, it basically draws attention away from that pain center that they're constantly struggling with and Mm -hmm. into other areas. And so quite a few of my pain patients will like things like spankings, will like things like um, hard scratching or 
Uh, I'm just saying, you know, like all the different things, yep. things like cupping, I'm assuming has some, like, you know, maybe it tastes, feels a like a really strong hickey, yeah. you know, which is a little bit painful. Assumption is, yeah. Which is a little bit painful, but like if you, if you kind of need a space to get out of the chronic pain center, then it's also yeah. a way to divert attention. Mm-hmm. That's what sure. I've heard from many of my clients. Yeah. I've never thought of it that way. Yeah. 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 Well, it's, it's interesting, you know, and not that everybody's going to be as interested in pain during sex, but it and is some something may not for be people in, to consider. And some may not be interested in it for that same reason. They may and not some people have like it for a completely pain. different yep. reason, actually. They yep. talk about a subspace they go to where mm-hmm. the pain is so intense, they almost go into this, like, other world, and mm-hmm. it's exciting and deeply erotic. Because mm-hmm. um, your body releases endorphins mm-hmm. as mm-hmm. a response to pain, yeah. which is mm-hmm. your body's morphing. Exactly. So you're getting high. So you're getting high yeah. <laughs> in your much. own natural and way. And sex does it too. And sex and does it too. So does exercise. So does exercise. And exciting adventures and, you know. Running. running. <laughs> yeah, the runner's high. Runner's high, yeah. yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I find I still, you know, uh, e- even though my, my legs and feet are in constant pain, I still walk, walk five to seven miles a day. Does it? Yeah. Does it hurt more or less during the walking? Or? Less, less. Yeah. That's good. As as I get going, I you know, well, I start out by taking my pain medication before I start walking. Yeah. yeah. But that, but as I walk, the uh, I guess the endorphins get going. The mm-hmm. uh, uh, the pain diminishes, and That's good. the I because of the balance problems, and you know, I, I am falling more. And I'm starting to get neuropathy in my fingers and hands, mm-hmm. which uh, just the just the tingling. But uh, I believe that if I keep on walking and if I keep on exercising, uh, I will stay out of a wheelchair. Yeah, mm-hmm. and that's, I, that's good. I, I do not want to end up crippled. Yeah, you want to stay as mobile yeah. as you can. No. And they say sure. with diabetes, the, like the more exercise the you more do, the exercise, better the outcome better. you're going to have. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I I told my doctor when I was diagnosed with diabetes, is I said this is not a disease; it's your body's way of telling you you have to be an athlete. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got to get out there and move. I can agree with that. Honestly, we had an accident at some point in our relationship that caused some chronic pain for us, mm-hmm. and I've noticed that the best treatment on my side is lots of exercise. Yep. Yeah, Even, the last two odd, years, though, I exercise yeah, every day over the last too. two years, and it's really made me a lot more mobile and ability mm-hmm. to use despite all my back pain. Well, the hard, it seems counterintuitive because when you're feeling pain, the last thing you want to do is move. You want to curl up in the ball and try to avoid the pain, but there's an atrophy of the muscles that Mm -hmm. happens when you're not using them, which Mm -hmm. can make it worse. Give you more balance problems Mm -hmm. because you can't hold yourself up as easily. Yeah, I mean, movement still is the better treatment for pain than... Yeah, yoga for me, that's what I do. Laying around and And walking. (laughs) Well, I I find on some days, uh, uh, on some days I walk with a cane, Mm-hmm. Not because I need it all the time, but because if I feel as though I'm, I might stumble, I carry the cane to keep me from falling down. You can mm-hmm. brace yourself on to it. To brace a myself bit. in case I stumble. Well, that's good. That's good. Yeah, you, but, yeah, if you have balance problems, you should definitely keep yeah. that around. Yeah. You know, I feel like the lesbian thing's a PSA. If you're having, if you're having any erection problems, then you should meet. Lesbian. Befriend lesbians. Befriend lesbians so you can there learn you to go. be a better love, so, <laughs> lover. So I, I, have a, I have a question. So you had the ED the pop-up and then after that have you been able to get any orgasms at all or have you found ways to do that um i have 
uh, I've been able to uh, I, I've been able to uh, achieve ejaculation. Yeah, it, it's it, it's very mild, mm-hmm. very mild, uh, and not and not terrible. It doesn't feel the same. It doesn't feel the same. No, yeah, but I but I am. Uh, uh, but with with self stimulation, I mm-hmm. can. Uh, uh, it's a lot of work. I'm not even sure I would call it masturbation mm-hmm. because it's too much. It's work. really in depth. Very rigorous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So if I decide, and 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 most of the time, it's not worth the effort. Yeah. Yeah, but uh, it's too much work for how much outcome. You right. Get. Yeah. But maybe the better question is: Are you still experiencing pleasure? I still, I still experience pleasure. Uh, it's like uh, uh, when uh, you, you hear stories about when a person goes blind, their hearing and touch become more. So. I do experience intense pleasure, and some places that uh, I am never—I I will when I experience it—I will never admit to the person that I'm receiving it from. So, I find the you won't—you won't tell them that it's pleasurable. Oh no, no, because uh, for example, uh, one of my favorite things in the world right now is to get a haircut. Oh, so uh, when is it, why is that? Because when I when it's, when somebody uh, shampoo, I don't have much hair, but when somebody <laughs> when somebody shampoos my hair and scratches my head, it's like a massage, and, yeah, and like yeah. a massage of the head, that is intensely pleasurable it is. for me. Yeah, uh, the um, you got to wash my hair more, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and I find the uh, the touching. Being touched, yeah. Be, being touched, yeah. Uh, the, uh, I, I guess the, the, the pleasure I get from touching mm-hmm. with the parts of my body that still are working properly mm-hmm. is I find it's much more intense than it ever was before. Mm-hmm. So uh, I can. Uh, uh, The um, I know I know uh, my wife always found it you know found it absurd, but I would enjoy just cuddling and kissing and just you know the uh and stro- stroking with my hands and things because I find that extremely pleasurable. I yeah. think I, most yeah. people do. Super yeah, that's erotic a, and, too. And, and I, but I, I'm a fan of cuddling. <laughs> I'm not ashamed of that at all. Yeah. But but I find it much more erotic. It, it's much more, to me, it's much closer to orgasmic than it was bef- when I was. Still. You get more pleasure out of it now because because mm-hmm. my sexuality is focused on, that. and the. I have to say the the greatest pleasure, the greatest pleasure I ever experienced, and is when I am uh, when I am with a woman, and I am able to 
however, however, it's not, when I am able to bring a woman to orgasm, mm-hmm. when as I feel her body begin to vibrate and quiver and uh, yeah, that's pretty awesome. It is. <laughs> it is almost. It is almost as though it, it's almost like I have a psychic link, and it's almost yeah. though I can experience. Yeah. I can experience it through her, mm-hmm. and so the uh, I yeah. Uh, so it makes you want to be very generous. It makes me want to yeah. be very generous. I get lost I, in it too. Yeah, yeah. I I do. Like you're getting something out of it too. I I oh I'm getting a great deal out of it. Yeah. And I, 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 but I was always like that even before I had e, experienced ED. Mm-hmm. It is uh, the if um, uh, I remember there there were times in my life when I was younger when uh, a woman would uh, uh, you know I I think women off frequently fake orgasms. They do. And I don't know why, but you know, when a woman They just get tired. They're like, "Let's so, finish it up." <laughs> but when a woman when a woman would fake an orgasm, you know, I I would just say, you know, it's okay. You don't have to fake it. Yeah. <laughs> just, yeah. Uh and but I because I always I I've always gotten an intense pleasure from a woman's orgasm. Mm-hmm. And the I don't know. I I don't see. I I I do not understand. I I really don't understand men who are so focused on their own orgasm that they don't care or worry about. Because the to me always, you know, all my life, the woman's orgasm is more important to me than my own. Mm-hmm. It is, it is more fun. Uh, the uh, you know I it just. Even thinking, even thinking about it, I find it very erotic. Yeah, so <laughs> you're getting lost in it. Well, you're getting it's lost very in beautiful. it. Beautiful. Yeah, it's yeah, a good thing. I can understand that, especially yeah. working with many, um, many couples where men haven't experienced that from their wives. So they definitely experience the loss if they aren't able to give their wives that. Um, so I could, I can definitely understand why that's so erotic. And and men who do express that same thing, they they just. It's something special. It kind of reminds me of the term compersion, actually. Mm-hmm. Compersion where you're kind of experiencing you joy from somebody else's pleasure. You get pleasure from somebody else's, somebody else's pleasure. pleasure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like schadenfreude, but not... But in a good way. <laughs> their agony. Well, not for well, agony. Well, <laughs> schadenfreude literally means shudder pleasure. And yeah. so it, 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 it really literally is schadenfreude, yeah. but uh, shudder pleasure. Yeah. Interesting. But, uh, <laughs> That's awesome. But I, I do think that, you know, when I think about what I do have to offer and the things that I do, I, I think there is a probably a woman out there who would appreciate me. Yeah, that's I awesome. Think so too. Um, yeah, I think there's a lot of women, especially as you get into your senior years, you know, 50s and 60s, they don't want to be jumping all over the place, you know? Wow. <laughs> They'd rather just some cuddling. Like, well, that's the reality. They still want to be sexual, but the point oh, is no. you can be sexual in a variety but of ways. I know, and the reality is, yeah. No. <laughs> but I, a lot of, I mean, especially if you can get a lot of pleasure out of giving pleasure, I think a lot of women can connect with that idea. Mm. Like in general, people are like, "Oh, you just want to make me feel good? Yeah, I can do that." Yeah. <laughs> Wait, is it really going to be all about me? Okay, yeah, I think yeah. I can make, but it won't because you get something no. out of it too. Yeah, the touch and sense, of <laughs> connection. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, so are there 
like be any kind of final thing you would say if a guy was struggling with the same thing? Because I, I get a lot of guys who worry, you know, about erectile Yeah, a lot of men get ED as they get into so their what, later years. what message would you send them home with? Like, you know, if you're ever having EDD, or not EDD, uh, <laughs> ED. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Did yes. going to counseling help come to, uh, like, accept it for what it is? Well, uh, I, I have always... I've been in counseling several times in my life, and mm-hmm. I, I have been. I don't know whether. Uh, I, I don't know whether Angela experienced me like this, but I have been told several times by counselors that uh, when I go to counseling, uh, I start talking. I root out a problem. But once I recognize and acknowledge that something is a problem, I then solve it. Yeah. I then deal with it. Sometimes you just need to know what yeah. the problem is. So yeah. uh, I, guess, I guess I am, well, I don't remember who said it, but I am not, I, I am not someone who will wallow in his own shit. No. Yeah. Yeah. You're an investigator. You're, an investigator. you're a lawyer. You want to find out what's going on. Yeah. Well, my my first master's degree was in philosophy. Oh. <laughs> and I'm a I'm above all else, I'm a philosopher. A philosopher. <laughs> well, and what I remember is that you're the kind of person that you just need a direction and then you take it on yourself and that is a perfectly fine way of solving your problems, you mm-hmm. know, and and whether it's reading and learning as much as you can about sex and sexuality, I think you hit your milestone regardless of how it was done. Uh, yeah. Well, <laughs> The uh, uh, I am happy with where I am. That's mm-hmm. good. So I'm proud uh, to hear that. It's good to have uh, be, find happiness. Yeah. yeah, and uh, and I will be happier if I meet a partner. A partner, but that you can share your happiness. That with. I can share my happiness with, but I have the happiness to share. And not it's. I'm not looking for somebody to make me happy. I'm looking right. for somebody to share my happiness with. And right. That's the mm-hmm. big you can difference. still be happy, but if somebody wants to enjoy the happiness with you, mm-hmm. they're more than welcome to join you. That's awesome. Yeah. I think yeah. that's a good point to end it. I think right so. at an hour. So you had a little bit of a plug to put in before I we did, go? I did, I did. So I have two things. Um, one, my book, Helping Couples Overcome <clears throat> Infidelity, a therapist manual is out and it's available at Amazon. So check that out. I'm doing trainings around St. Louis on it. Um, and then one training that's coming up with AAMFT is called Alternative Lifestyles 102. It's a, an advanced class I'm offering on um, polyamorous and kink relationships and how to work with those in therapy. Yeah. Um, so you can check that out on the aamft.org. And if, website. of course, you need, yeah, that's the website. And of course, if you need therapy from me, it's www.therapistinstlouis.com. Yeah. And thank you for joining us today. It's been well, really thank, good. Thank yeah. you for having me. Really you, great Richard. conversation. This has been the About Sex Podcast. We've been talking with Richard. Uh, be sure to add us on Facebook, review us on iTunes, or send your questions to aboutsexpodcast at gmail.com. I'm Joshua Skirtu. And I'm Angela Skirtu. Stay Stay kinky, kinky, St. Louis. Louis.